There are people in the body of Christ that are not as strong as you, and they need us, and we need them. We just can say, we chuck them out, hey, get out of here, we don't need you. We need each other. The body's made up of what? Weakness and strength. Not everybody can be strong. God is the one that places you in the body of Christ to do whatever he wants you to do in the body of Christ. It is not your choosing, it is his giving. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, as Roll continues our series in 1 Corinthians, we'll explore how we can best glorify God with the gifts we've been given by His Holy Spirit. While it's true that each of us contributes to the church body in very unique ways, we all need to be led by God's sovereignty and motivated by His love. We hope you'll follow along as we learn to honor the Lord by edifying our fellow believers. Join us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's Raul Reese. In verse 8 he says, To one is given the word of wisdom, that is knowledge applied rightly. That is knowledge rightly applied, given to us. You can read the book of Proverbs and there is an example of perfect wisdom. Secondly, notice he says through the Spirit. To another... The word of knowledge. And that is what? God reveals things that are happening in a person's life. Where you don't know the person, you don't know nothing about the person, and God reveals it to you divinely. The word of knowledge. God wants to give those gifts to us. Look what the next gift is. The same spirit. Verse 9. And to another Faith by the same spirit, the gift of faith, like we see in the book of Acts by the apostles. Silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The gift of faith. Where you actually speak the word and God reveals to you. Peter did it. It's pretty incredible when God begins to give you these gifts. Now remember one thing, they're not yours to play with. They're the Lord's. To be used to build up the body of Jesus Christ. To another person, he gives them another gift of healings. How many times you've heard the gift of healing? Wrong. We hear that a lot on Christian television. The Bible says that God gives the gift of healings. Let me ask you, what kind of healing has God given to you? To heal the blind? To heal the cripple? To heal someone with a cold? You see, this is opened by the Holy Spirit. That is not one gift. It can be the gift of healings, different kinds of healings that God can use you to perform in the life of a person. The gifts of healings by the same Spirit. I've had uh, situations where I've prayed for people, not knowing their situation, and sometimes tell my situation, and I've laid hands on them, and the Lord's healed them. I don't take credit for that. That's one of the main reasons that when we pray here at Calvary Chapel, whenever we have an afterglow service or we're going to pray for people, you don't see me involved in that. What I do is I bring the elders of the church. Why? Because people start getting their eyes on one person and then there's a problem. And the problem is what? That people begin to look to that person instead of looking to Jesus Christ. And we're just people like anybody else. 
God can give you the gift of healings too. You don't have to be a pastor or an evangelist. You can be a sheep. The situation is with much that is given to us, much more is required. And we have to be careful that we don't abuse the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God gives to us. Look what else he gives to you. Verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. The working of miracles like in the book of Acts. To another one, the gift of prophecy. Not foretelling the future as much as what? As the teaching of the word of God. The word already has been written and God speaks to us. And what does he do? He demonstrates his power to the word of God. The gift of prophecy. How many times, and maybe you haven't been in a Pentecostal church. Where I have been in a Pentecostal church. And visiting and somebody will get up in the middle of the sermon. And they'll begin to speak in tongues. And then another person will get up. And they'll begin to give the interpretation to that tongue. And usually it's not the true interpretation. But it's actually a prophecy. You see? Well, how do you discern? Well, we're going to learn that. Because when there is a true interpretation of tongues. Paul will tell us in 1 Corinthians 14. He will tell us that a true interpretation is what? It's praise like a psalm back to the Lord. It's not like this. Somebody gets up and speaks in tongues. Then I'll get up and interpret and say, My little children, thus saith the Lord God. God is, and then I start prophesying. No, that's not the way it works. It doesn't work that way. The greatest example we have in the book of Acts chapter 2 is on the day of Pentecost. What happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. It's not something that you're out of control. How many times have you heard people say, oh, when I spoke in tongues, man, I couldn't shut up until the next day. It doesn't work that way. You can turn up the volume or turn it off too. It says that when they heard them speaking, they heard them all speak in their own dialecta, in their own dialect. They heard them speak in their own dialect. You see, that was when Peter got up and spoke. What did he say? This is what God said that would happen in the last days by the prophet Joel. What did Peter do? He backed up everything by the word of God. Every experience that we ever have, it has to be backed up by the word of God. You see? So there we have what we call a different kinds of tongues. Where somebody will speak in French. Someone in German, Italian, whatever it is. And I've been in a room before where a lady was actually speaking in tongues, but she was speaking in French. And it was incredible. And then the interpretation was given in English, but it was a praise like a psalm back unto the Lord. And that is the true interpretation. It's not, thus saith the Lord, my little children, I tell you this. this." No, no, it's not an exhortation. It's going back to God. We'll get that in chapter 14. So I just want to kind of a little bit give you a little taste of that. Look what else he says. To another, they have what? Discerning of spirits. I like that gift. You know why? Because that gift, you can kind of get around people. And it's not only uh, discerning of spirits, but you can actually discern whether they're lying or not. Or they're actually putting on a show. God gives you discernment when you're talking to people if they're lying. God gives you discernment if someone is demon-possessed or not. You see? That's what he's talking about. These gifts that are given to different people in the body. Why? Christ is the head. Every one of us are part of the body. So we have a thumb. 
We have a little finger, then we have a toe, we have a knee, we have an ear, we have an eye, we have a nose, we have a mouth. And what happens? Every part of the body cannot... Can you imagine the mouth being at the toe? Or everybody being a toe? You see, everybody, there's different parts of the body of Christ. Now, some of you might be a toe, you don't want to be in darkness all your life, but that's where God placed you. You're covered up all the time. And it smells. Don't worry about it. And some of you are out in front. You're, maybe you're a nose, a big nose. Maybe you're an ear or an eye or a hand or a foot. You see? Every part of the body, what, walks together in unity and harmony. And what is being led by the whole body? The head is leading the whole body. Who's the head? Jesus Christ. We can't function apart from the head. The arm says, I want to go right. So you go, and then the head goes, I'm going this way left. Can you imagine how that would be? No, the head doesn't dominate or the foot or the nose or the mouth. God dominates the whole body through the head. That's what he's talking about, order in the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. To some, he gives them, he's turning the spirits to another, different kinds of tongues. What we talked about in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Where you'll give the interpretation and the true interpretation will not be a message in tongues. There are no messages in tongues. But it will be a psalm exhorting, giving back to God, praise and worship to God. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, and if God baptizes you with the gift of tongues... Not everyone has to speak in tongues. There are churches that say that everybody has to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the true evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is to speak in tongues. We disagree with that. Now, when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, I was baptized in my own home, praying. I went to this Pentecostal church in about... 13 guys got their hands on me, and they began to yell and scream and pray for me and even shake me. And I just started going, ah, you know, because I don't know what they were doing. I was a new Christian. And then I went home, and there was nothing. And then I read the book of Corinthians. And I read the book of Acts. And then I went to Calvary Chapel, and I began to get instructed. And I began to learn that as I asked the Lord, sometimes people are not baptized. Some people are. Why? Because the true evidence is love. Love is the key. So there will be people that will never speak in tongues. But they will be what? Baptized with the gift of love. That's the greatest. Now did I receive the gift of tongues? Yes I did. I received it in my own prayer closet. Do I use the gift of tongues in the presence of people? No I don't. Where do I use it? When I drive in my car by myself? When I'm at home in my office? When I'm all alone, not with people, I will pray, and I will pray in the Spirit. And when I pray, I don't understand what I'm saying. I found out that when I speak, I speak the Greek language. In my tongue, I don't know Greek. I've studied a little bit, but I don't know Greek. You know how I found out? By the word curious. Lord, 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 when I was praying. So God can baptize you. And it wasn't no big thing. I asked and God gave to me. Because there are times that when people are not baptized with the Holy Spirit by tongues, you're like a second class citizen. That's not what the Bible teaches. You're not a second class citizen. 
You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Give us a call at 800-634-9165 or connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com. Later on, we'll tell you about an audio pack exploring the eternal blessings of righteous obedience. But first, let's rejoin Raul for more insight from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then there are people that are afraid to receive the gift of tongues when Paul says, if we don't know how to pray in Romans 8.26, what do we do? The Spirit, what? Helps us to pray. How? Even by groaning, by saying, uh, uh, uh. It might sound stupid, right? But God says he understands. By groanings that cannot be understood. But the Spirit understands what you're saying. You know the problem is? People don't have the faith to do that. They feel foolish. They feel stupid. Because you have to be like a little child. And that's how God wants to baptize us with his Holy Spirit. And he wants to baptize anyone that wants to receive his grace and love and mercy. But if you're not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through tongues, don't worry about it. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by the power of God as God baptizes you with his love, which is the greatest. We'll see it in chapter 13. Verse 11. He says, but one in the same Spirit works all these things. Notice, who does it? The Spirit distributing to each one individually. Notice, as He wills, not our will. It is His will. Notice, it is the sovereignty of God that gives us what? The gifts of the Holy Spirit as He pleases. Not as we please, you see? As He wills. Then in verse 12 and 13, we have the experience by the same Spirit. He says what? For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Jesus Christ. He's the Christ of the Baptists, of the Methodists, of the Lutherans, of Calvary Chapel, and every Protestant church. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're born again of the Holy Spirit and they teach the full gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ is over that. Verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, all have been baptized to drink of the one spirit, the same Holy Spirit. Then in verses 14 to 31, he speaks of the gifts a little bit. Now the body needs different function of it to live in it. Verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. This is important. If the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body. The actual toe gets back and says, man, I feel like I'm not part of your body. Is he right? No, he's not right. Because the foot, without that toe, I wouldn't have balance. You see? I would be off balance. I need the toe. If you ever had somebody, when they cut their toe off, immediately they can't walk with balance anymore. They have to learn how to walk again. The toe is very important as a thumb and an eye and ear. He's going to tell you here. Verse 16. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not part of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, can you imagine one big eye? Where would the hearing be? If the whole hearing was there, where would the smelling be? But now God has said, here it is, the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleases. Underline that verse for me, please. Underline it. Why? Because I don't want you to be covetous of what of anybody else's gifts. How many times we covet somebody else's ministry or gifts? 
Hey, God is the one that gives. God is the one that places you in the body of Christ to do whatever he wants you to do in the body of Christ. It is not your choosing. It is his giving. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where would all the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. There it is. One body, but many members of Christ. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, Hey, look, I don't have any need for you. Get lost. Nor can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. No, such as much rather those members of the body would seem to be weaker are necessary. Notice what he's saying. There are people in the body of Christ that are not as strong as you, and they need us, and we need them. We just can say, we chuck them out. Hey, get out of here. We don't need you. We need each other. The body's made up of what? Weakness and strength. Not everybody can be strong. You see? Verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, like the toe. These we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts notice have greater modesty. Can you imagine how important the toe is to the nose? Oh yeah, we breathe through our nose, but without the toe we can't walk right. You see? He's talking about the balance, the importance. Some parts of the body that are hiding and are never seen are probably more important sometimes in the body of Christ than those that are always seen. Like when we get to heaven, I believe I'm going to be in the back row. Some of you will be in the front row. Why? Because I believe God's blessed me so much now and given me so many rewards, I don't need anything else. I'm up front all the time. You see what I'm saying? Where some of you here in the body of Christ maybe have never been recognized, but you're prayer warriors, and you know you're praying day and night for Calvary Chapel and for the pastor and for the pastors here at Calvary Chapel, and nobody knows it, but God is keeping record. And when you get to heaven, God is going to say, you were a very important part in the body of Christ. Come up here to the front. That's what's so cool about the body of Christ. Every part and member of the body of Christ is important. Verse 24. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. You see, if there's a lack in the body of Christ, what will God do? God will speak to you so that he can bring balance to the body of Christ. He will place you where the weakness is or where the lack is. You see? That's why we pray constantly. This God speaks to your heart to get involved in the children's ministry, the nursery, or ushering, whatever it may be. As you begin to examine the gifts that God gives you in teaching or preaching or helps, whatever it may be, then we become a team together. Why? Because the team needs to be together by the Lord. And once you have a strong team and we're united and we're working in harmony, can you imagine how much more we can accomplish for Jesus Christ? Tremendous work for Christ. Tremendous. We can't be separate. We can't be divided. We have to be united. And everyone has to be satisfied where God has placed you in the body of Jesus Christ. Verse 25 again. That there should be no schisms, no divisions in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. Hey, we should care for one another by loving each other. No matter whether we preach or teach or not. Or if you're just sitting in the body of Christ. We should all, what? Love each other and care for each other. Verse 26, and if one member suffers, tonight there are some of you that are suffering. What does he say? To forget about you and neglect you? No, look what he says. All the members suffer together with her. 
Or if one member is honored, then all the members rejoice together with it. See, we all move in harmony. We all care about each other. We're not respecter of persons in the body of Jesus Christ. We work together in harmony to fulfill the work of God in the body of Jesus Christ. Then in verse 27 to 31, he talks a little bit more about the body and the gifts. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. What is appointed in the church? Number one, apostles. Are there apostles today in the church? No. No apostles. No more apostles. But an apostle here literally is one to be sent out. He can be a missionary. A missionary that goes to the mission field. One that is sent out into the mission field to do the work of the Lord. Then he says, secondly, there are prophets. Are there prophets today? Well, I don't think so. If you study truly the ministry of a prophet. Thirdly, teachers. Do we have those? Yes, we do. Teachers of the word of God. And then after that, miracles? Yes. Gifts of healings? Yes. Helps? Yes. Administrations? Yes. Variety of tongues? Yes. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Notice, no. But, here it is, here's the key. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Underline that. Desire the best gifts. And yet, what does Paul say? I show you a more excellent way. And what is that? Love. Father, we come before you this evening to ask you concerning the body of Jesus Christ here at Calvary Chapel, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that through this teaching and as we continue in the following weeks, Father, that, Lord, not only you would speak to us, but prepare us And that we would discover in the body of Christ here the gifts that you're giving to each one individually. Lord, help us to put the body of Christ together here so that we can be of usefulness, Lord God. In missions, Father, in teaching and preaching, in healing, Father, in helps, in administrations. Father, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Father, We ask you tonight that you would touch people. Father, we stand before you in awe, just thanking you for your love and your grace and your mercies that you give to each one of us individually. And Lord, how I thank you for every one of these people, Lord God. Father, it's been so neat meeting so many of them. And Father, we have such neat people that come here, Lord God. Father, I ask you that you bless them that you continue to bless them. And Father, we pray for those in the body of Christ that might be weak. And Father, there are those that bring schisms to the body of Christ, Father, that they would actually be defeated through the love of Jesus Christ. And that they would see that no one here has their own agenda, Father. That we're trying to build the kingdom of God, Lord. We're trying to win people to Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message has made it clear that God has unique ways He wants to work through us and can do mighty things when we ground ourselves in His love. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Today's study is part of a broader series on 1 Corinthians. If you'd like to get a copy of today's message, we can send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Call 800-634-9165 and ask for Roll's lesson titled, The Gifts of the Body. We'd also like to offer you an audio pack with more insight into what it looks like to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and live in the center of God's will. Titled, Walking Righteously, Rawls' four-message series will challenge you to spend more personal time in the Word and in prayer, listening for the Lord's direction and surrendering to His plans. Act now to purchase Rawls' Walking Righteously audio collection. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you this series for a gift of $19 or more. Once again, that number is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We've put together a wide range of resources to come alongside you in studying the Bible on your own. Download our app to your iPhone or Android for a variety of digital Bible studies and a personal scripture reading plan. To keep listening to Rawls' teaching, you can also download all of these programs as podcasts using Spotify or iTunes. And for an up-to-date discussion on world events from a biblical point of view, be sure to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we're grateful for your partnership. Your generous tax-deductible donations keep us on the air. Be sure and join us again tomorrow as we continue in 1 Corinthians. You'll see that true Christian maturity isn't measured by a packed agenda of spiritual activities, but rather by a deep understanding of God's mighty, unconditional love. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.